0: Welcome back! I'm glad you're tuning in to this episode of Longevity Now because things are happening in the world of life extension. Remember all the hard work you put in trying to convince people that aging is bad and rejuvenation is good? Remember all the money that you donated or helped to raise in order to get this type of research off the ground? Just think about how long ago it was that Aubrey de Grey proposed the Sens' approach to ending aging. It is longer than I care to remember. Finally, in the past year or two, one strand of SENS has really gathered momentum, the removal of senescent cells. Several companies and research teams are aggressively pursuing methods of targeting senescent cells and removing them. One such effort is underway at CellAge, the organization that Longevity helped to fund with a very successful matching fundraiser earlier this year. Here now is my interview with the founder of CellAge, Montus Montusaitis. And now on the Longevity Now podcast, I'd like to introduce our featured guest, Montus Montusitis. Welcome.
1: Hello, Justin. Uh, Thanks for having me.
0: Yes, well, since you are relatively new to the anti-aging scene, or at least might be unfamiliar to the longevity and life extension crowd, could you please give us a brief synopsis of your educational and work history?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I did my bachelor's in University of Sheffield on biomedical science and then I moved on to do my PhD in the uh, University of Edinburgh, for focusing on CRISPR-Cas9, uh, synthetic biology. During my studies, uh, I got more and more interested in aging research, although I think that tracks back to childhood as well and uh, teenage years. Uh, and. I always always been interested in in uh, in these two fields, synthetic biology and aging research. And I I thought uh, and always believe that there is a synergy that we can explore between these two fields. Uh, so currently I'm finishing my PhD and we started with a startup called CellAge uh, in uh, last year and we basically hoping to to bring these two fields together firstly to target senescent cells and hopefully later to explore different options and different possibilities that Sense has um, been uh, publicizing.
0: Okay, so you uh, realized at an early time that there could be some synergy between synthetic biology and anti-aging research. What, at what point did you realize that, yes, it might be possible to rejuvenate a human body?
1: Uh, well, I think when I started to just getting a bit more into biology, I understood that uh, when we're younger, uh, that happens anyway. So there must be a way how we maintain that in, in when we get older. Uh, so for me, that was just hacking biology, if you will. Uh, and one of ways to do that uh, is uh, using synthetic biology. It's a relatively new field and it it's also, I would say, it's a uh, very wide field and quite hard to define. Uh, but then when I say synthetic biology, what I mean is uh, computing within the cell. Uh, so giving commands, sometimes new commands, some, sometimes adjusting old commands to the cell to behave in a specific uh, manner at specific context.
0: Okay. Um in context with the fundraising that recently occurred through Lifespan.io and uh, that Longevity also helped to raise money for, give us a brief overview of that current research uh, that you have going involving the discovery of senescent cell markers.
1: Yeah, so first of all, uh, thanks uh, Longevity and Lifespan for helping us, that was a very important milestone for us and that helped us to bring the uh, seed round of funding. So uh, the, the research, the initial project Cell Age is focusing on is identifying, developing actually, uh, a new synthetic promoters that would help identify and isolate uh, senescent cells. The research will be uh, in partnership with a company called Sympromix, uh, which have an excellent track record of uh, using bioinformatics to identify regulatory sequence within the, the genome. Uh, and we're hoping that we can apply. This has been applied to a number of fields uh, to, to to specifically target eye cells and kidney cells, and we hope that we can uh, use the similar approaches to target senescent cells in more efficient, and uh, more importantly, more safe and specific approach.
0: You mentioned that a safe and specific approach. Are you referring to other? senolytic compounds that are more of a broad brush approach say some of the chemotherapy agents that have been used to perhaps remove senescent cells from the human body is that what you're mentioning that the synthetic approach is more targeted and perhaps will be more effective
1: yeah i guess i guess what we have seen in in cancer and and other complex diseases is that a small molecule targeting a single protein, be it receptor, a cell cycle regulator, or, or anything uh, like that, is uh, rarely sufficient to, 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 to treat the disease. And the, th- the reason is because these diseases are very complex. Uh, in some cases, they are heterogeneous. Uh, in other cases, they uh, they de- uh, evolve into uh, new forms, and so on. And uh, this is the reason why using a single small molecule uh, would uh, would unlikely to, to, to be able to target the senescent cells, as these, uh, these are cells which resemble the existing cells but are different in a couple uh, crucial ways. So uh, this is exactly the reason. You want to use a multiple targets, be it with the synthetic biology uh, or a cocktail of small molecules but you want to use a, a, a multiple markers uh, that you base your targeting on. And this is exactly what we'll try to do uh, in, in, uh, with our project in, with CellH.
0: Oh, okay. So you are going to search through many different cell types, right, to screen for markers of senescence.
1: Yeah, so uh, to some extent, obviously, that is limited by amount of money that we'll, uh, 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 we'll end up raising. Uh, but uh, what we want to do in our uh, initial unbiased screens is to use a different types of senescent cells, so drug-induced, replicative exhaustion, uh, radiation-induced, and so on, and also use different cell types, uh, senescent cell types, uh, to, to identify the broad uh, and also, uh, sorry, yes, to identify the broad... Um, markers of senescence which obviously will be p16 included uh but not the, uh but won't be the only marker that we rely on and hopefully we can build on top of that create some sort of logical gate uh, which will then specifically target uh, senescent cells and avoid quiescent cells avoid some cells which uh, stopped replicating for a while or terminally differentiated ones which might have uh, cell cycle regulators upregulated, such as p16.
0: Okay, so in this stage, say it's the uh, first goal is to identify the markers, screen the cells. And the secondary goal would then, of course, uh, from what I understand, is to develop the actual therapies that will remove senescent cells. Now, given the vast number of different cell types in the human body, you already kind of mentioned it, but it's likely that, would you say that it is likely that a cocktail or a a very broad uh, arrangement of therapies will be needed to remove uh, a meaningful amount of senescent cells to rejuvenate the human body.
1: Uh, so I think there's two aspects of that. Uh, one is safety, and one is efficiency. And both for both, the number of cells that you remove is important. Uh, so just. To, to start with efficiency, what you just touched, uh, is uh, yes, potentially you might want to use a cocktail uh, of factors uh, or markers that you target so that enough of senescent cells are being removed from the tissue to, to have an effect on general long, uh, longevity, uh, sorry, uh, long, uh, lifespan and health span. Uh, but on, on the other side, uh, you might not want to remove uh, as many cells because that might just, if you remove too many, that might result in tissue atrophy and, and another side effects. So it's, at the moment, still very hard to say if you want to be very specific or you want to be broad enough to, to achieve safe but efficient therapy. So that's, I think, the reason why we and similar companies in the field personally focus on age-related diseases. Uh, such as atherosclerosis, osteoarthritis, and so on, Uh, because not only it's easier to show efficiency of a a therapy uh, in these cases, but also uh, the safety concerns are lower as you target only a very specific uh, area within the body. So to answer your question uh, shortly, I would say it's hard to say at the moment if you want to target too many, but uh, it is likely that if you want to have a full body ejuvenation, you do want to target enough cells to have an effect on that.
0: So, yeah, I've read that, um, I'm not sure if that this is accurate, that an elderly human has maybe 15 to 20 percent of their cells in their body uh, have become senescent uh, by that old of age. Is that true? Uh,
1: I haven't. So, first of all, oh. the identification of senescent cells, in to my knowledge, in, in humans is relatively hard, and I haven't across many, if any, uh, uh, studies that I found reliable on uh, identifying how many senescent cells are in human body in aged individual. I saw studies in primates and obviously in mice, uh, which is not always representative, but uh, the numbers I saw is closer to 15 to 7%. In some cases it was very low, like 1%. Uh, So uh, again, it's hard to compare these studies because it's probably a different state of age as well as different animal. Uh, but uh, in any case, you can imagine if it is anything like 20%, uh, I guess the main problem in that case would be safety, not efficiency, uh, of targeting enough cells. So you, you, in that case, you might want to target just specific senescent cells, such as senescent macrophages, for example, or, uh, or, or something like that. So it's, it's still relatively early to say if you want to go wide or narrow, but hopefully we will find out soon with better markers and technologies.
0: Okay, well, with these small molecule senolytic agents, it's pretty well known some of the side effects, like from the chemotherapy compounds. Now, you mentioned that Syntromix, Did I say that right?
1: Uh, it's Sympronics.
0: Sympronics. Okay. You mentioned that Sympronics has created uh, some of these promoters, um, and that it has been shown successful in the past to specifically target certain types of cells with synthetic biology what if any are the known side effects of using that approach thus far
1: um so i cannot uh disclose the details of that because uh that's uh in preclinical trials of some of our clients okay. uh, that some problems have but what i can say uh what what we would be creating is the gene therapy so you have a uh, viral or non-viral based uh, delivery of DNA into the human body, and that um, that obviously comes with technical difficulties of how you deliver as well as uh, potential side effects if it goes unre- unregulated. Uh, so you can either target gene therapy transductionally or transcriptionally or both. So um, just in short, if you target transductionally, you're targeting basically the delivery of, of the gene therapy. Transcriptionally is targeting the intrinsic uh, transcription program and a uh, program, and it basically works only in specific genetic uh, profile context. Uh, so in our case, we're only using transcriptional targeting, which just relies on multiple promoter activity within the cell. And uh, there has been success with some uh, uh, cancers, so oncolytic viruses, which destroy uh, specifically cancer cells. Uh, have had success in some uh, severe neck and uh, neck cancers and have passed the clinical trials uh, but uh, besides that there's uh, at the moment it's relatively new field and there's little uh, marketed products that that deal with that
0: okay and then uh, if you can maybe um, give the audience a little estimate of how the timing of your project will go here I know it relies a lot of upon funding, um, but uh, as a schedule, if you could lay it out right now, uh, how many months or is it going to be a couple of years where uh, you get through your screening process and then perhaps moving on to therapies, what's your idealized timeline?
1: Yeah, so uh, we we are hoping that in the mid of 2018, uh, we will already have our promoters ready and that uh, we're gonna use those to help people screen new senolytic drugs to better understand senescence, so that will be the first benefits coming to both academia and industry, and indirectly to people, uh, to general public. Uh, but after that, we will focus on preclinical trials, so work in mice and and, and animals, uh, and be hoping to start the preclinical trials in 2000, early 2019, and. Uh, Obviously, all this is, uh, you know, wide estimations, but uh, hopefully we can start clinical trials uh, in 2000, 2001, and then it uh, depends how how it goes, obviously. But um, we're also hoping that, you know, with time FDA and similar regulatory agencies adapt to uh, age-related diseases and how we do, uh, you know, tr- uh, trials for them, because it's not just a problem for aging, but also for Parkinson's Alzheimer's. How do you find a clinical, uh, how do you validate the efficiency if you need to wait for 60 years or so? I think we will move together with the, uh, similar fields, and uh, hopefully, we, if everything goes well and if science is strong, uh, we can have products in 2025 and, and closest, I would say.
0: Well, hopefully the Longevity crowd can help in that effort as they always have, promoting, uh, of course, rejuvenation therapies. And uh, hopefully uh, we can continue to help raise money for efforts such as yours. Montes, thank you very much for joining us on Longevity Now.
1: Thank you, Justin. It was my pleasure.
0: Congratulations, Longevity members. Persistence is paying off. However, don't let off the gas pedal now. Keep pushing forward so we can spur ever more valuable research in the months and years to come. Until next time, I'm Justin Lowe.